Sammy is one of the most amazing athletes slash wide receivers in the NFL. But if you don't throw it at him, he can't catch it. Pretty obvious. However, this could be a ploy by the coaching staff to have him flat right now so that opposing defenses don't look his way. <laughs> like he just lines up and they're like, no, nope, no. Nope. And welcome to episode 15 of Buffalo Bills Banter. I'm your host, Mark Stanius, with me always, David. How's it going? It's going great. It's going awesome. Did you watch any of the Raps game tonight? Uh, no, but they won, right? 5-0. 5-0. You're beating OKC on the road. This is the year. This is it. we got the Jays rolling. we got the Raptors rolling. Uh, the Leafs, not so much. But this is, and way bigger than beating OKC. Did you hear what happened two days ago for the Raps? Nope. They signed T. Ross to an extension. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, no, yeah. I did. The, jer- I the jersey co- uh, curse is over for me. I had for those uh, a lot of jerseys, you know, that I purchased. Uh, the fate of those players on those teams haven't been so good, but it's a good, it's a hot jersey to own right now. It's one of those trendy jerseys. It's like when we went to Buffalo and we were trying to like gauge what would be a trendy jersey. Mm-hmm. And we kept seeing Percy Harvin jerseys. We're like, yeah, that's you know, that's a good gamble. You know, you're expecting it's not looking so good right now. We'll get to that in a bit. But uh, so you t- you turned on a little bit of Are You the One on MTV tonight? Yep, it's a good show, isn't it? It's a it's a great. I, at first, I was a little confused. My very first episode, I was confused. Like, are they reading? Like, first of all, like, aren't, don't they need the matches to work? Like, why are some people like, ooh, but then some people are like, oh man. Oh, well, no, we'll never get the 10 out of 10 to get yeah. the 37 and a half thousand dollars. For those that don't know, Are You the One is an MTV show, essentially. Uh, 10 girls, 10 guys in a house, basically all of them with the perfect match. They have 10 weeks to try to figure out who it is with this. Basically, it's the perfect setup for a ton of drama. And it's good. And a couple of these, they don't know who, but they're going to be on the challenge, which is starting, I think, early December. Mm-hmm. I actually know who. You, none, of these, not, none of these people. None of the people it's, from here? It's how many is this season three? This is season three, yeah. Yeah, the season two people are gonna be on it. Oh, okay. But <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. And for those who are saying that we shouldn't be talking about an MTV show, Bill Simmons talks about Game of Thrones. Who does he think he is? That's the real question. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, so now back to what was this podcast about? Oh yes, the Bills. So we got a lot to cover. In fact, we have about three weeks worth to cover. Unfortunately, we did record an episode following the Bengals game. It was lost. Another technical hiccup. And rather than forcing out another episode, we decided to take a step back, take a couple weeks, come back, give you a nice long episode. So yeah, a lot in for you guys. We're going to cover the Bengals game really quickly. Just a couple thoughts. It's a little bit, you know back in Bills fans' minds. We don't want to unearth all that, but we're going to talk a lot more about the Jacksonville game, mm-hmm. uh, the London game. We're going to get into some news. Uh, we're going to play a couple. I have a game in, in store for the news. Uh, it has to do with Sammy Watkins and some of his uh, very colorful Instagram posts. And then we're going to just kind of wrap up talking about the Dolphins preview. Looking forward to a very, I think we say every week's a must-win game, but like this, this is the battle of the basement right now. So this is a big one. So let's get right into it. Bengals game. Just a quick refresh. It was 
it was an interesting effort. Like we lost 34-21, for those who don't remember. Uh, we came out super strong. Uh, EJ Manuel got the nod. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, there was lead up whether he could play or not. EJ Manuel got the start. What did you think about EJ Manuel's first significant, like real snaps of the season? Um, well, the offense didn't change much in terms of production and points. If you think about it, like they've scored, they have since like week two, I think they've struggled to score 20 points. And yeah, and they got 21 points against what is, you know, proving to be more and more such a stout D in Cincinnati. Like mm-hmm. Cincinnati, we said it, I said it the last episode, right before we played them. I said it the episode that got lost, and I'll say it again, even more confident than ever. Cincinnati is the real deal. Like, they, they're arguably, aside from the course of the Patriots, the toughest competition we played, and we played them pretty well. Um, we gave up a couple big plays, but there were also a lot of spectacular plays made against us. Uh, you know, including that Marvin Jones catch, the one that, that also got him to the end zone the following play. And there was some things to be happy about. It was the first game that we saw LeSean McCoy come back and truly look, you know, that he wasn't hurt. He got the entire load. He got all 17 carries for running backs. What did you think about that and what it meant moving forward in terms of how we where we stand on LeSean? Well, he's going to be the he's the number one like player in the offense. He's the most important part of it. And like it's clear that like Carlos Williams is not really <laughs> like what we first thought it would be, like some dual-headed running attack. It clearly is LeSean McCoy, 100% of the way. He's the he's the best player on the team. He's the most skilled player on the team. And we're going to need him to play. He, has, he hasn't had really a great game. He hasn't had a great game. He's had, he has some good games. And we're going to need him to play better in order for us to you know put up more points and win. So, I mean, it's, it's good that he's back and playing. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. I was really happy the way that he played. And you know what? Getting all the touches, he whether he had that outstanding game, he just looked like the hamstring injury was behind him, which is most important. Um, I also wanted to just say one thing about Sammy Watkins. He had four catches, including that 22-yard touchdown where he actually got hurt in the end zone but still made the catch. There was a lot of uh, controversy on uh, some statements we're going to get into later about what Sammy Watkins said about him not getting the ball enough. And he comes into a game, he gets four passes, and or sorry, four catches, and he, he can't stay healthy. He already gets hurt again. So, I mean, what's wrong with Sammy Watkins? Like, why can't he stay healthy? I, it's it's alarming. How worried are you about his, his consistent health issues? So how many injuries is, is this in the two seasons? This would... <sighs> Last year, he had an injury that he basically played through that was nagging. I think he missed only a single game last year. But if you include this, he had he started the season, then was injured, then came back for this and was injured. So it's about three injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like injuries are kind of weird. I mean, first of all, he's only had two. He hasn't even had two seasons of sample size. So the sample size isn't that large. So like, it could just be three, like fluky like it could be the duration of it's just fluky but like it's hard to tell like but this could be like a more prolonged problem it's just like i don't want to judge him too much on i don't want to judge him as injury prone too early even though that would be the best time to do it like darren mcfadden and players like that it's you're Um, right it's it's not 
Right, to get too uh, worried or be an alarmist in the situation. The fact that he's young, yes, it's yes. worrisome, but it also means he's more likely to recover, right? Young body can just recover faster than yeah. old body. It's science, so. Yeah, I just, I'm like, the, my, the, my more to my point is, like, is he injury prone or did he just have three injuries in the span of this, this small span? Like, it's just that we'll see, like, if it's, like, in five years, it's, like, more of a, like, I feel like that's when you get more of a sample size. Like, I feel like a lot of players will get, like, a bunch of injuries in a small span. They also seem like little injuries, like, less, nothing, there's no huge knee injury or Achilles or something that would seem that you're not going to be the same guy when you return. These are just frustrating, nagging injuries that just keep him from being a consistent part of the offense and establishing rapport. It's a bit upsetting, but I think that's all we're going to say for the Bengals. That's pretty far back in the past. we got to talk more about what happened. I mean, we're just coming off the bye week, but what happened in Jacksonville, not in Jacksonville, in London. Watch with the world. The Yahoo free streaming game ended up being one of the best games London's hosted in a while. It was incredibly hmm. exciting, but it's going to always be marked by the EJ Manuel collapse, where in a span of, if I'm not mistaken, two minutes, they gave up 21 points. And that included, it basically started, he had a strip fumble for a touchdown. The very next play, pick six. The very next play, couldn't find anyone open, scrambled for like six yards, only to be followed up by an uh, interception the very next play. So in four plays, he had three turnovers, two of them for touchdowns. It was a disaster. Like it was, I hadn't seen anything like that in a while in a football game. He played, I mean, like, he, like, he actually, uh, for what people were saying with the way he played against the Bengals, like, even though he didn't really light it up, he played kind of, like, well-ish, and, like, he played more, he played more traditional quarterbacks, so some people were talking about, oh, he could earn the job back. Uh, he put that to rest, um, very shortly in that Jacksonville game. And, uh, if there were any other, like, respectable option, he would have been benched in that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, he basically blew the game for a, for the Bills, the Bills, uh, in my opinion, are still a better team than the Jaguars, um, and they just blew a game they should have won because they were sloppy with the ball, and you know they dominated the good portion outside of those four plays. Yeah. And you could actually say they still should have won. So I would say that's definitely the lead that won. I mean, the lead of the story is defined by that EJ Manuel collapse. But another big part that can't be overlooked is what happened on third down on the final drive of Jacksonville. Not the terrible final drive that was orchestrated by the Bills uh, after the touchdown was given to Alan Hearns. But there was a third and 15 uh, pass interference call. Uh, you might have seen this by uh, mm-hmm. Mikel Roby. Um, and he had basically made a play on the ball. And like it looked entirely like he had the right away of the ball. It truly did. It was, I would say, a bad call. And I, I'm not saying that as the host of a Bills podcast, but just as a general football fan. Uh, it was controversial at a point in the game where you shouldn't really be calling that, and it kind of got you know, uh, it got it got kind of buried under everything else that happened that game. But very impactful play, and it sucks that uh, a penalty bit them in the ass. And uh, for a team that's been so undisciplined, you know what? It's not surprising, but it sucks that it's one that maybe they didn't deserve. Yeah, but then again, like a don't turn the ball over three times before, and b just stop. Blake Bortles from getting into the end zone. Well, they did stop someone from getting in the end zone. Toby <laughs> Gerhardt had four attempts from the one-yard line. The first down started first and goal. 
four attempts to Toby Gerhardt, known from from having a successful career at the beginning backing up Adrian Peterson. Because when Adrian Peterson went off, everyone saw this Toby Gerhardt, this white guy in the backfield, and they're like, all right, he's here to block, but then he would occasionally, you know, break off these seven-yard runs. He would end every game like five, you know, five attempts for 34 yards at this like incredible yard per average. And he signed a big contract at Jacksonville two years ago. Uh, couldn't get in from the one yard line that that shifted the momentum of the game. Like I was watching it that after that, it was crazy. Manuel threw two amazing touchdowns, one to Robert Woods, like right in the corner of the end zone, tiptoed. Um, and then he threw another one in the fourth quarter. It was a 40-yard pass, probably 35 through the air to um, Easley, who just ran in for the touchdown. It was like on-the-money throw. So, yeah, he had this two or three minutes of absolute disaster. But beyond that, Manuel actually played okay. Manuel's actually like, in the preseason, like in the highlight packages I've seen and uh, and then in the regular season in the in the limited action he's had, he's actually making, he's making good throws, like – He's got to limit the mistakes. He's got to limit yeah. the mistakes. But he has to limit the, limit the mistakes. And Tyrod Taylor overall has – I think Tyrod Taylor had – when the Bills had Tyrod Taylor, they led the league in 25-yard um, plus plays or 35-yard yep. plus plays. So they had like – they weren't scoring enough points, but they were getting explosive plays. It's kind of odd. Yeah, it, it, was, it was bizarre. Now, here's the most bizarre thing. This defense, we talk about it every every week. This was supposed to be, we had that one podcast. Is this the 77 Bears or whatever that year was? I don't know. But uh, this defense obviously hasn't been playing well. But where's the run defense? Like, it's You would think that this, this stacked roster would be able to stop the run. They gave up over 120 yards to TJ Yeldon. But what's more bizarre is they gave up a 28-yard touchdown run. And just a week ago, they gave up a 17-yard touchdown run to Giovanni Bernard. It's like, it's one thing to give up a lot of yards and to get, you know, eaten up four or five yards of carry. But to give up, you know, 28, 17-yard touchdown runs, it's it's just uncharacteristic. Yeah, to all those people that bench TJ Yeldon in this matchup. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, TJ Yeldon, like, yeah, if the, yeah, no, the Bears would not, the 85 Bears would have, I don't know if like, they would have stopped, they probably would have contained TJ Yeldon with, at least may, under the 120 mark. <laughs> I, I'd say probably under the 50 mark. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, this is clearly just not a great – it's not a, this amazing defense at all. It's a good defense. It's better than their offense. <laughs> Again, this team is just average at this point. So it's like there's not – I mean, their defense has played better than their offense. But, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, there, I haven't really seen much from the defense other than stopping Andrew Luck, which now that you look at it isn't a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, you know, containing Andrew Luck to within under thirty points seems to be the sta- status quo. Isn't that? So, isn't that? Uh, don't you think that Week One game is really actually kind of the narrative that came out of that has kind of been a damper? On yeah, the they rest were like of the fa- they were. It was a pick'em versus the Patriots, which is absurd. Vegas. Oh my yeah. god! Now that you think about it, it truly yeah. Now, is. That, now that you like reflect on it, like the fact that it was a pick'em, I don't care about home field advantage against a team they haven't they've beaten like once when the Patriots were trying in the last like since Drew Bledsoe was playing for the Bills. <laughs> now this is still a team though who has, uh, I think a positive yeah positive points for they're plus three so they're not you know shockingly good but they sit three and four in a in a it's going to be tough for them to to get a wild card spot like we well just actually quit. not really. 
<laughs> you don't think? Well, let's think about. They're the, only one game back of the wild card right now. Well, you got to see. Okay, so they got the Jets that are ahead of them, and the Raiders, and the Raiders, but and the Steelers. Those are the three yeah, teams. Ahead they got them. those three teams, and they're also fighting. Like, are they that much better than Miami's been? Like with Miami's what they've done in the past few weeks. We'll get to that actually in a bit. I think we'll we'll wrap the show up talking about what we look at the rest of the schedule and kind of. Maybe put some W's and L's and try to figure out if this is a playoff hopes. But you know what? Anything else about the London game? I just want to say one thing. I had no issues with the streaming of the game. I liked it a lot. Like I, I mean, granted, we are millennials and we're tech savvy to an extent. Granted, we're recording a podcast right now, but I thought it was simple. And did you catch any of it on? Did you put it on TV? I know it was actually on TV because we're in the local yeah. area. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I just watched it. I didn't know it was streaming. Well, well, actually, I was at work, so I was able to just... I remember I remember that it was streaming after the fact, but I, I forgot in when I was watching it that it was streaming. It got something like 30 million views, or 30 million total watchers at one point, which is incredible, right? Like, Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. would this game ever pull that if it was on the 1 o'clock slot? No. No, no. no I'm close. No chance. I mean, it, it's interesting that they're testing with the new technologies, and I think... Uh, it's fun, funny that they chose the Bills, Jacksonville Jaguars, but is that not the best game to test it with, right? Put exactly. a shitty game. So just a couple of thoughts there. And but, but again, like just to more, just the only thing to say about this game, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it was good that they didn't like, it's good that they showed they have fight in them. That's the one thing this, in, this entire team, I don't think they've actually like lost the game by a dramatic score other than that Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals game wasn't even that much of a blowout, but like, it's just like in the grand scheme of things, like they're not that great. Like they're gonna probably lose a game to the Jets and the Dolphins of the remaining three. Like it's just like I think like just looking at the schedule and the teams that they're better than. Like you just gotta beat Jacksonville. You can't blow a game. This isn't a team that can just blow a game and still, you know, claw it out when yeah. Oakland, Pittsburgh, and Jet and New York are ahead of them. I mean, you gotta think that Pittsburgh may not be. As big of a threat, they just lost Le'Veon Bell. The Jets are now in a bit of a quarterback conundrum, having two banged-up guys not knowing the status of them and where, how to move forward. This is an opportune time for them to step up, and hopefully we trend in that direction, and we got to do it this week. We really do. So moving on to news, we got a lot to cover. So this is going to be a little bit outdated news, but I think it, it's still really relevant and needs to be talked about. So this actually happened before the Bengal game in the lead-up. Sammy Watkins... Uh, had an interview with Tyler Dunn of the Buffalo News. And to sum up what he said, he basically, he needs to get the ball more. That's what he, he's he's under the impression. Um, he th- doesn't think he was getting, you know, his fair, sh- uh, fair share of, you know, looks. And he's thought, he thinks that you reached up to get me. You traded, you know, your picks to get me, and you're not using me. You're making me look bad. You're making yourself look bad. That's like a shot at the organization. Um, I'm going to – I would read exactly this quote, but I'll leave it um, – I can't read it. That's the issue. It actually grammatically makes no sense. But what do you think about this story? Like, I mean, he ended up coming back to only get the ball and then to get re-injured, so he kind of didn't help himself there, but – do you think Sammy Watkins was right to say this out, like talk out to the organization? Um, probably not, but it's not. I, I don't think he's dramatic. I don't think he's wrong to say it. Um, like the disconnect from the players and the GM is like it's not like they're they need to have a great relationship or anything like that. And just like I think 
I mean, the coaching staff, like the offensive coordinator, uh, hired in the offseason, something like that. The coaching staff is different. So they actually, they didn't really have like designs to get you. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a new sort of like regime and it's a new quarterback and all that. And they're just, and the quarterback is also just adjusting to playing in the NFL, Tyrod Taylor and even EJ Manuel, even though EJ Manuel played a little bit more than Tyrod Taylor. Um, but it's like clearly it's the EJ Manuel's throw more to Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins has played better with EJ Manuel. Like my main point is I don't really think I don't know. I mean, like it's I guess actually I would say I would kind of agree with him saying it because they actually are losing. And at the time at the time they actually played the Bengals, they were winning. They were three and two. Yeah. Um, but like now in hindsight, like I mean, they're not what they're just not scoring points. So he- he did. He did reach out after, uh, and um, I think it was on Twitter, and per- messaged the Ty- Tyler Dunn of the person who wrote the article and said, "Wish you could have added the part we have so many playmakers and me not caring about numbers. I care about winning. Dot dot dot. Grow up, sir." So, was this taken a bit out of context? Uh, yes. Is it still equally irresponsible for Watkins to? have said something that was so easily taken out of context. Like the quote that I'm admitting is quite large. Like he says things that you just keep your mouth shut. I mean, I, whether he's right or wrong, I just don't think it needs to be said. That's, that's where I'm coming from. But I don't know. It's, it's just commonplace. It's like Roddy white did this as well. Yeah. Like wide receivers tend to be winning situation as well. I mean, to be fair, like it's kind of, it's very dramatic for the, his like livelihood, like, I understand that like, you should keep your mouth shut, but like it's, I mean, like he's going to get judged off like his overall production when he gets paid. Um, so I know that's not really like the team's concern at all. Uh, but like th- that's why it's probably something that's on his mind. <laughs> yeah. I, and there's one thing I, I just got to share. Blame him. You can't blame him for thinking about it. <laughs> so I, I got this article from the score, and I'm just going to read uh, one of the comments in the comment section. I might make this a regular feature, reading some of the best comments on Buffalo Bills news articles, but Tim Kiwatek, shout out, probably listening, I doubt it, but uh, Kiwa, (laughs) Sammy is one of the most amazing athletes slash wide receivers in the NFL, but if you don't throw it at him, he can't catch it, pretty obvious. However, this could be a ploy by the coaching staff to have him flat right now so that opposing defenses don't look his way. Like he just lines up and they're like, no, no, don't, don't even pay attention. They're not going to, he's flat. I don't even know what that means. Wait, what was his name? Oh, Tim. 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 Hmm. Interesting. I love it. It's like the the Facebook. Yeah. They're going to lose against Jacksonville as well. So they just play the entire team coy. He is one of the best athletes slash wide receivers in the NFL. (laughs) He like, that's the thing. He was typing this and as he was typing it, he already was started backpedaling. It's like best athlete. Eh, so, I try to think. What's an example of a guy who's a really good athlete but not a good guy at his position? Like Ladarius Green or yeah, something like that's that. That's an example. Ladarius Green, <laughs> backup tight end of uh, San Diego. Yeah. And then what's a, what's a good like player of the position but not a great athlete? Julian like, Edelman. The Edelman's a good. <laughs> okay, Brian Hartline back in the day. You're just using any skinny white person. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. No, there's got to be. Okay, Peyton Manning. Ah, there we go. That's a. I'd say more so Eli. Peyton's actually like he's pretty athletic. I'd say Eli's more. Uh, yeah. Of, then again, I'm just going off like body type. I think actually Peyton like has uh, more rushing touchdowns, but whatever. <laughs> or sorry, Eli has more rushing touchdowns, and, but yeah. 
<laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, example. Uh, yeah, you like Tom Brady actually. Tom Brady like has did did worse than many uh offensive linemen at the combine in forty yard dash. He's pretty slow. Yeah, but he's not as good a wide receiver as Sammy Watkins. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on. Sammy Watkins related news. So Sammy Watkins enters the Bengals game. He gets hurt. He leaves, and then he lashes out to his critics. His critics being, you know, our faithful Buffalo fans, um, about them being critical of the time he's missed. Uh, in a since-deleted Instagram post, Watkins referred to his detractors as losers and told them, continue working y'all little jobs for the rest of y'all lives. I'll, I'll read it. Uh, you got to read it. Go. To all the people that have a problem with me being injured, you guys go out there and play the sport. It's a 100% injury rate. I'm not the first person or the last person that's going to be injured. The difference from he didn't say the difference. No, read it. Read uh, it properly. Sorry, difference from difference from me and yo, yo, you guys is y'all be. Yeah, sorry, you guys y'all mad and I'm get I'm not get a life and go to work. So I and I'm not. So there's no there's no sentences in like commas. So it's kind of confusing. Yeah. Get going. a life and go to work. Stop worrying about my job because I'm good on this end and forever will be. Losers, most of you, just wish to be in this position. So continue y'all little jobs for the rest of y'all lives since everyone wants a response. Here, go. Have one. Have a blessed day. <laughs> none of that makes sense. <laughs> like, none of that makes sense. Wait, where's, that, wait, where's this one part? Uh I'm not first or last person that's gone, be injured. Difference from me and you guys, y'all mad I'm not get a life and got to work. Stop worrying about my job. <laughs> like, you could read it so many different ways. I bet if you read it one way, it's like a really heartfelt poem to the fans. If you add periods at different points, like the sentences are a little different. And then he eventually made a statement on Wednesday, retracting this again, saying he wanted the fan. Okay, we're not done yet. You gotta read the you gotta read the response to the the thing like the just want to backpedal. Just want to thank all my fans for their support. Please don't read uh, retract yesterday's statement. Wait, <laughs> stop right there. Wait, what? Please don't retract it. Don't read it. I think he misspelled read. Yeah, exactly. My frustration is wanting to help the team and win for the city of Buffalo and my teammates. As a player, we need critics and also fans. That's a part of the game. Majority of the negative comments were from other fans, not the Bills fans. My comments were still inappropriate. Don't matter what a fan or others cheer for. We all represent the NFL shield. Therefore, hashtag let's go Buffalo. Yeah. So this one, I think, had a little bit of um, a help with some of the, uh, the people. That, I mean, it the, still didn't have a, a, it had two periods throughout the entire thing. I'm counting them right now. No commas, <laughs> but the rare apostrophe, the rare like NFL athlete apostrophe at the beginning, yesterday's yeah. statement. But that first sentence, I had to read that three or four times to make sure I was reading uh, please don't retract yesterday's statement. I, I'm still a little lost. Yeah, I think this goes back. Uh, Watkins is a bit of a goof. I'm gonna. I think he is a talented guy. I I know I've actually been higher on him than you've been. Well, we've done this show, but he's a bit of a goof. So now we're quickly gonna go back. Once again, this was a story that happened just before the Bengals game. There was a report that came out that if EJ Manuel had played well enough, that he could have got the starting job. Uh, yep. You had mentioned oh, earlier. You had met, yeah, you had mentioned earlier Jacksonville. I think that was still very much in play. This started like made the seeds for that rumor, but they were saying that if he played well enough against the Bengals, uh, he could have got the job. What if he played well enough? What if they won that game, a close game where he played not much better than he did? Let's say they were lucky. The defense kind of stepped up. Do you think that this would have made sense to put Manuel ahead of Tyrod? 
I mean, like, let's be honest, like, Tyra Taylor is not that great. <laughs> like, yeah, they can barely score 20 points. They, I think they haven't since the New England game. Um, so it's not like Tyra Taylor was lining it up, but I think Tyra Taylor gives them a better chance to win than EJ Manuel with the benefit of hindsight. But, um, I see, like, EJ Manuel makes some really good throws, and he, like, there are reasons he was drafted in the first round. And there, and like, you know, he has the prototypical size of a quarterback. Um, when he steps up, he's a deeper, he has a much uh, kind of cleaner spiral than Tyrod, in my opinion. Uh, and just in terms of like, he's more built to last just in terms of the physicality thing, because like Tyrod Taylor, I think is under 5'11 yeah. or just if that. And, you know, EJ Manuel looks like he's 6'3, 6'4, if I had to guesstimate, or probably 6'2 or something like that. But like also just more thick. I, I mean, E.J. Manuel passes the eye test, I think, and you see it in those throws, the throw to, yeah. to Easley, the throw to Woods. Like, he, he makes the throws. He needs to cut down on the mistakes. He needs to stop staring down the receivers. But my my problem, once again, it's the optics of the story. Why did this come out? Like, why did this come out? And just for context, hours this story broke at 10.54 a.m. It was broken by uh, NBC Sports, um, originally Ian Rappaport, and then Mike Florio kind of uh, broke it to NBC Sports. But why is this coming a couple hours after your quarterback's out there in the game? Is this helping EJ Manuel? Was this to light a fire under his bum? or Probably. like That's what I would guess. I just said bum. I should say ass. We, we're allowed yeah. to. We got to use the swear words. I, I would say. I would say so. Yeah. I think I think it's bizarre. I think it's it's laughable looking back. Hindsight is twenty twenty, as you had mentioned. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. I'm glad we're getting Tyrod back from Miami. That's all I can say. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor's played better this year. He's he's been better. Like I don't, it's just kind of weird situation for EJ Manuel. I think like he honestly will be the quarterback of the Bills. Like next, like I, I don't know. It's weird. As soon as a year from now, you think you think that early that he could he could solidify himself as a starting job. Who Manuel? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like it's just weird. Like he's had a really odd development process. Like I kind of wish they just kind of sat him instead of like play him immediately, because um, he played really bad last year and just ruined. It kind of hurt his confidence. I, I, it's again like he has like he passes the eye test in physicality and his throws when he makes good throws, but he is really turnover prone. Tyra Taylor actually isn't very turnover prone. But again, Tyra Taylor's getting hurt. Uh, he's been hurt like in his very short sample size. Yep. Gameplay and like the and the history, uh, guys who are actually a little tall, a little bigger, not too much bigger, but Vic and RG three can't stay on the field with the large volume of runs and their slighter frames compared to NFL quarterbacks. Um, and you know this Tyrod Taylor has all the similar qualities. He's going to hit him get hit more often than you know a guy that throws the ball away. Yeah, I mean Tyrod. There's I think Tyrod. It's his job to lose. But I think there's so many ways he could lose it, right? Like this season could start to implode. They could start to see like maybe EJ Manuel is the guy we need to test or just injuries. He sets himself up to get hurt. Every time he does that, he gives Manuel a chance to perform. And if he performed like he did in Jacksonville from the second half onwards, it could be Tyrod. You know, that could be the end of Tyrod. I like Tyrod. I like what he adds to the game. I think he'll learn to keep himself protected, but... So many quarterbacks have had to learn to do that. Michael Vick coming back to the Eagles after his breakout year. Robert Griffin III in his sophomore year. They haven't been able to become a pocket passer. They 
they used their their legs to for immediate success. They started to get solved. They had to you know become more of a traditional quarterback. Colin Kaepernick just got benched for Blaine Gabbert. You see it happen so much, but I hope yeah. things work for Tyrod. Yeah, like a guy like Donovan McNabb when he came in the league, he ran a lot, but then he actually just became a pocket passer. Um, like he stopped running, and part of that just became because he got a little heavier. But like guys like uh, but the guys who can run a lot and throw a lot are like Cam Newton, Mike, and Russell Wilson, and they do two things. They're a Cam Newton's just bigger. He's like really big. He's Russell tall, Wilson doesn't take thick. big hits. And Russell Wilson is at, is all he's he's not taller, but he's uh he's uh, thicker and is and he's smarter with he, his yeah, running. He he is really smart. Russell Wilson knows when to throw the ball away better mm-hmm. than any other quarterback who has that sort of out of pocket like style compared to, say, Colin Kaepernick. And he does just doesn't seem to take big hits. You're right. He has a stockier build. I wouldn't chalk it up to that. I think it's just you know an intelligence on how to get hit. Moving on, we got to talk about Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin had a setback. Uh, this was – he had, I believe, missed the Bengals game, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Mm-hmm. He, was, he had just missed it. Then there was a further setback, and he was MIA for a point. Uh, he did not travel to London. And when asked, Doug Whaley uh, said that he needs to take some time for some personal reasons. Uh, but eventually, it came out that Rex Ryan wasn't in contact with him. And he was just – had a lot of other things going on and considered retirement. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, like, how many stops is this in, like, six, five, five years or six years in the, in the league? he's clearly just he doesn't get along with anyone really um and he has huge injury problems and he has like huge migraine problems as well um so this probably just isn't the sport for him and this probably it's not like i don't i'm not saying he can play baseball or anything i'm just saying this probably just isn't a, a thing for him and it probably would be better for him to retire in all honesty um like I don't, I don't. He see, had, he's had a good year though. Yeah, I don't, I don't he, see him playing long term in the NFL anymore. Like, he he yeah. can though. No, like he's really, really good, and he has all the. Yeah, he has like the capabilities of. I just don't see like he really does get hurt a lot. He also has a consistent migraine problem, which is just not a good sign for playing in the NFL. I think the frustrating part's the hip. But if he seriously is looking at the long term, it's the migraines, right? It's these two things in combination that he needs to consider. He met with doctors on Monday. I actually have checked and I haven't seen like super, you know, uh, in-depth things since then. Uh, so they're going to kind of reassess and move forward. But it's, I'd say it's kind of a sad story. Like I've, I've been up and down on Percy Harvin. I didn't think he was productive in Seattle because of the injuries. I thought it was. When he came back, like whatever week fourteen or fifteen, just to get hurt again, it was almost predictable. Like you saw, he got like one catch, almost got rocked. Two catches, was rocked, and he was gone. He just doesn't play the type of game he needs to to stay healthy, right? Yeah, and also like like Sammy Watkins. I mean, like this is an example where we have an extensive injury. But like I was saying, like was I as I didn't really mention with Sammy Watkins. Like this is something that might not be for every single, might not every human being might not be capable of doing this. Uh, playing this game, being hit this violently by this, you know, the same, the caliber of athletes, more so, so, so the size of the people that are hitting you constantly. Um, yep. So yeah, Percy Harvin, also he plays, he gets hit by more linebackers because he does more screens and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's not just cornerbacks who are a little smaller, but either way, getting hit, getting hit by a 200 pound plus guy is kind of the same at, at some point. And the cornerbacks, cornerbacks come at you faster. So, you know, if this is just getting into this weird sort of weird debate. Either way, 
Uh, but and there are times quarterbacks tend to avoid if smart can avoid a big hit. Right, like the super big hits, it happens. But sometimes receivers are put in situations where they don't really have an option. Right, like, um, and I distinctly remember the pass where he got hurt that took him out of the games leading up to the Super Bowl for Seattle. The hit again when I think he got rocked. I can't remember which team, but he was just set up, caught the ball in stride, and the guy was just right there, shoulder to the head, clean hit, and just rocked him. It was it was scary to see, but you know what. I hope I hope everything goes well, and I hope he f- plays out the season and can maybe consider retirement, you know, post year. It's a decision he has to make, and it's you know I would understand if he retired. It, I think every athlete has that choice. He's been he's been um, Tyrod's best receiver, while Manuel's been uh, sorry. Uh, Watkins, Watkins has been, been Manuel's. Yeah, and we'll we'll keep you guys updated. Absolutely. So moving on to just injuries, uh, just wrapping up the news. We needed that bye week. It couldn't have come at a better time. Actually, it could have come at a better time one week earlier, let's well, be honest. My fantasy team yeah. is really excited for Tyrod Taylor to come back. Yeah, you, you need him. But we have Tyrod. Yeah, because you have Fitzpatrick as one of your quarterbacks. Two-team league. Two-quarterback league. Yeah. Um, Tyrod back to practice. Uh, reportedly 100% chance. 100% he's playing. Carlos Williams back to practice after having the concussions. Uh, my understanding of concussion injuries, if you're back at practice, you're you're playing, right? Like when you have a concussion, if you have the symptoms, you can't play. Now, that doesn't mean the symptoms can't return. So barring no setbacks, which doesn't really involve like getting hit again, it just involves does he for some reason wake up with a headache one day? He'll likely be back. Uh, Watkins uh, practiced today for the first time in a limited fashion. So he's I think he's on track to play Sunday. I think it's kind of that situation where he has to. Uh, his injury wasn't that bad. So that's all good news. Three key players were getting back on the offense. Uh, whether Carlos Williams has that same impact now that LaShawn's full health, uh, you know, fully healthy, I still think he adds to the to the mix, right? He's he's a healthy mm-hmm. body to put out there, and and with Dan Heron hurt again, this helps. Yeah, Dan Heron's not a great running back. Yeah, he's not he's not good. Now we do have some bad news. Kyle Williams, he suffered a that injury, that knee injury. If I'm not mistaken, it was against the Bengals. It was against the Bengals. Uh, He's he's likely to miss the next two games, which I think this is good news because after hearing the initial reports, mm-hmm. well they were they were always kind of um, cloudy, but for him to only miss a couple games is great. We 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 do need him back. And Harvin news to come later this week. It won't be. Yeah, keep an eye out for that, fans. Uh, hopefully, if we don't get an idea if he's coming, I don't think he'll be playing this week. I highly doubt it. But I think he, if he's back, he might only be a week away. I don't think he's going to be too far out. Hopefully he's back. So we're going to quickly preview the game. we got to wrap up. It's been a long episode. Thanks for staying with us, guys. Bills, Dolphins at Buffalo. The uh, Not the home field advantage we've hoped, but hopefully these two, three, and four teams can play and um, we come out with a win this time. Now, Dolphins have been 2-1 and one in the last three games. They came off uh, London, fired coach Joe Philbin, uh, Dan Campbell, uh, basically some hulking like 38-year-old tight end, like pure goon, um, rallied them to two dominant wins. They beat Tennessee and they beat Houston before getting smoked by the Patriots. He's, like, he's under 40 years old and he's like in good shape. And it's like, yeah, he's like this weird goon instead of like yeah. being a middle-aged guy that had a heart attack like Derek Kubiak. <laughs> yeah, well, Kubiak, well, I mean, Joe Philbin, he, he has more character in his, his pinky finger than Joe Philbin had in his entire fucking body but i've noticed he brought like 
a rah-rah mentality. I've been saying this in a lot of my articles, and I accurately anticipated them to win those first two games the way they did, and I accurately knew that they weren't going to win against the Pats because eventually the rah-rah wears wears off and the better tactician wins, and you can't out-coach Belichick with that, right? So you're going against, like, Brian Hoyer and the Tennessee Titans the next game. Well, and also, yeah, they played a couple cupcakes. Let's That's be honest. Like, they were like the rah rah also works really well when you're playing like the AFC South. Yeah, but the biggest thing that they did was they they woke up Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake is um, essentially like a, an All Pro um, left end, or yeah, whatever. He was the pass rusher, right? And he got. I think five sacks in those two games after kind of being uh, gone, but he's out for the remainder of the season. News a couple, so they're they're beat up. They're they're certainly licking their wounds from the Patriots game. Um, I think yeah, I think we're the favorites. I'm going to quickly check the score. I mean, ch- check the odds. But should be. What are your What are your thoughts on the game? Well, so we smoked him in Miami, but that was Dan Phil Joe Philbin, excuse me. Um, and they have, they played better in those two games but then they actually just got destroyed like and again those two games don't really mean anything in my opinion well they mean something they just mean they have some heart in them um it's tough like this is actually would be a huge win this is actually our big rivalry it's not really that great of a rivalry though <laughs> well it wasn't in that last game uh, yeah sorry it wasn't in that last game we played yeah. them like that was uh, not much of a game i mean like it, this is like these are the this is the team that we're supposed to really not like um, we are favorites. So it's just a standard three points. Three, three points. points. Yeah. So they say the, they say these teams are. I mean, they say a three point favorite. You give three points to the home team. So that means Vegas is suggesting that the two teams are of equal talent. I, so. I would say that's a very fair assessment. Um, they're both kind of underachievers. I would say Miami has to win. This is a must win for Miami. Uh, playoff wise, probably for Buffalo. Eh, not probably. It's not nah, Buffalo already beat Miami. Um. But honestly, they're not really going to compete against each other for the spot. So I think it's kind of a must win for both. Um, it's not like I don't think it'll be a. It's definitely not a must win mathematically, obviously. But I think just in terms of tone of the season, three and five is just not going to cut it at this point. It's a it's a home game for the Bills. Like they have to win at home. Like you can't just expect to win all the road games. We we do need to win a home game and like. We really do. We have we have a soft schedule at home. I think we have a, te- a game at Texans at home. We end up do facing the Cowboys at the end there, who would probably be back at full strength and probably fighting for a playoff spot. The way it's shaken up, but it's we got to win this game. Like we say it every week, and you know what? I might I'm gonna admit that I was maybe uh, embellishing before, but I don't think I'm embellishing now. I know mathematically, forget the fucking mathematics. We need to win this game. We can't get, we can't lose three yeah. games in a row. Well, it'd be a nice statement to sweep Miami as well. It would be absolutely. And you know, having that divisional is, is a tiebreaker, whether, you know, not as a head to head, but that's the next tiebreaker. So it certainly helps. It, 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 w- it would go against the jets. If uh, they end up being tied in, if so, if they, if they, if the jets and the bills tie in, um, if they split, let's say the Jets and the Bills split, and then they split in. Uh, both lo- they had this, and they both they both lose to the uh, the Pats. Yeah, let's let's say, let's just say it's for a wild card spot. Okay. Uh, and um, let's say the Jets split against Miami. Okay, let's just say they split against. Okay, so Bills Jets split against each other, so that that's not a tiebreaker, and they have the same record against the NFC. Then it would be divisional tiebreaker to see who gets the the 
whoever would win, and they would win against uh, if they swept. My, sweeping Miami would be good. That's all I'm saying. Sweeping Miami. It, gets, it has a little extra value to this game. So I think what are the matchups to watch? Um, can we with our O line handle Sue? Uh, Sue's a force up the middle. We we did an admirable job last time. We held him pretty much to a non-existent factor. Uh, that he doesn't have Cameron Wake beside him helping out. So I think our O-line, who's actually played pretty well, uh, will will do so again um, against the Miami Rush. Now, they have some pretty good defensive backs, so we need to be able to, between Brent Grimes... Um, I don't want to and- get um, Chris Collinsworth on you guys, but like, you better watch. Like, Who's on the right, the left side of the defensive line? You better watch out for Richie Incognito. Like... In this game, he's going to be really pumped yeah. to play his old team. Like, <laughs> I mean, he was pumped in, he's he gonna was pumped pull, in Miami. He's going to pancake block a couple times. <laughs> I mean, it'll be yeah. The, Collinsworth loves the the past like team drama, but <laughs> I think in terms of you know our defense needs to just be the defense that it can be. Right, we they're facing a pretty good running back in Lamar Miller. We need to shut him down. We need to control the line of scrimmage and do so without one of our best guys, Kyle Williams, out. And defensive backs, I still think Ronald Darby, uh, Stephon Gilmore have been playing fantastic. They've had a couple, you know, blown plays here or there, but largely against Jacksonville, they played pretty well too. I I think this is a game that the Bills are going to win. And what do you think the score is going to be, David? Uh, I'm not so sure it's a game like that. We're not really a right, lock it down type team. <laughs> All right, no, yeah, no, we're not pencil it in. But uh, I think the Bills. I wanna, I kind of want to pick the Miami Dolphins, but nah, I'll pick the Bills. I pick I pick the Bills to win. I'm thinking of some obscure score with like missed extra points. I'll just say twenty-one seventeen. Let's just call it a. Re- that is like the least obscure score. Yeah, I know. I, I was. That's like the go-to. I say whenever. Okay, I'm <laughs> going to say. Whenever you don't know and don't care about the score. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the home team. Yeah. <laughs> 17, like Houston, well, Tennessee. you're saying you're saying they cover, so you know I think they will too. I'm actually going to say they win by seven, um, and I'm going to say it is 24 to 17. <laughs> now that's like a, a Houston worse. Tennessee game. You're like, yeah, yeah, Houston's going to win 21 seven. Oh my fucking god! So I write for those who don't know, we write for CoveringTheSpread.ca. I write every week, week one. I wrote a pick and preview for every single game. I'm jacked up. 16 games. Let's go. This game. Oh, like Tennessee. They got Marcus Mariota. Like, you know, all the storylines. Like, it was it was a lot of fun. Now every week is a nightmare. And I have to write about, like, stupid games. Like, Tennessee versus Houston last week. And it's like, I had to write four fucking sentences on this. I don't want to even, like, if this game was on my television, I would throw at my TV. Like, this is <laughs> not worth watching. And I had to write, I had to then do stat Fucking checking and all this. It's a pain. You have to take these off my hands one week. Good. Go. And do the picks. Good. You're not doing so well in the picks anymore. Me? Yeah. Um, you fell behind. You had a bad week. You were 6-8. and eight. <laughs> oh. The good news? The good news? Two more bye teams. That's one less game I have to write. Nice. Nice. So that's it for kind of our preview on the Finns uh, game. We're just going to take one quick break before we send you guys off. So stay tuned. And we're back. So, thank you so much for listening for this long episode. I hope we kind of got your Bills fix for you. 
um, and made up for the last uh, couple of weeks we were MIA. For those who don't know, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podcast Addict, any of the podcast apps that you use. Um, please leave reviews. Any sort of feedback helps. Ratings helps for visibility as well. But if you want to reach us directly, um, you can always give us a shout at our Twitter handles. David, what's your Twitter handle? At D-Train, D-E-E, Train 90. And I am at CTS Sports Blog. That's the Twitter account for CoveringTheSpread.ca. I just mentioned it earlier. It's our website. Uh, we do cover all sports, obviously. And we've actually had a big piece about uh, Alex Anthopoulos leaving the Jays. That got a lot of traffic. That was a lot of fun. Of course, we got our weekly picks. We have weekly fantasy hockey waiver wire pickups. Ugh. Weekly Fuck fantasy I. hockey? Weekly fantasy hockey. That's what... Exciting. Editor Cody Hicks writes. I mean, good for him. It actually gets a decent amount of traffic. It just, you know, doesn't move the needle for me. I I drafted some guy in my hockey fantasy. I never even heard of him in the first round. Tarasenko, <laughs> and I'm first place in the league. I, I, I didn't know my first round pick, and I just I just use this like aggregate system, and I just kept looking at like sleepers who were low ranked on the draft board, but high ranked by like expert consensus, and put them on. It was actually. Way too nerdy of the effort I put in, but for not knowing any of the players I got, I'm ending up doing pretty well. Uh, thanks for listening to me ramble about that, guys. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. We're out. <laughs>